It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Locked On Sports Network, hosted by Andrew Wade, editor at DearOldGold.com. Welcome to our Tuesday morning edition of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Andrew Wade, editor over at DearOldGold.com, where you can get all of your daily news briefings of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And on today's episode, we're actually going to change it up a little bit. Instead of calling it the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, today's episode is going to be the Locked on Iowa podcast. And that is because we have a very special guest joining us on the show today. As you are aware of, the past couple of weeks we've been doing some of these you know, player previews with the Iowa United players, the team that is going to be comprised of Iowa State Cyclones, Iowa Hawkeyes, Drake Bulldogs, and UNI Panthers. And they are going to be competing in the $2 million winner-take-all tournament. And on today's show, we are interviewing... Marcus Pfizer, former Big 12 Player of the Year, former Louisiana Mr. Basketball, first team All-American, and the fourth overall draft pick of the 2000 NBA draft of the Chicago Bulls. Marcus Pfizer is a former Iowa State Cyclone, and he's going to be playing on the Iowa United this summer. So we have him on the show for today's episode, and I'm really excited to give you this you know, this conversation. He was fantastic to talk to. You could tell he's really excited about the opportunity to play with the Iowa United. He's really excited about the opportunity to mentor some of these younger players and provide some of the, the guidance and feedback that comes with having played you know, 15 years of professional basketball. So really excited for you to get an opportunity to listen to that episode. Before we jump into that, though, I do have a few housekeeping items to share with you. If you are joining the show for the very first time, make sure to check out some of our great past interviews that we've done. We've had Matt Tybee of UW-Milwaukee, another guy who's going to be playing on the Iowa United. He is an Urbandale, Iowa native. We had, we had him on the show last week. We had Nicholas Bayer on the show two weeks ago. So for all of you big Iowa Hawkeye fans, you do not want to miss that interview. We also had Deuce Hogan. You know, the uh, four-star recruit out of the class of 2020, he's going to be playing for the Iowa Hawkeyes in two years. He's a quarterback down in Dallas, Texas. He was on the show and talked to us about his recruitment and kind of what his role in getting additional recruits to the class of 2020 has been. That was a great interview. And we have some really fun stuff coming up. We have Elijah Yelverton, you know, a three-star tight end recruit out of Dallas, Texas. He's going to be joining the Iowa Hawkeyes in the class of 2020. We have a conversation with him coming up, airing on Thursday of this week. And we also have some interviews airing with... With Drew Tate and Ricky Stanzi. That's right. We're bringing two of the best Iowa Hawkeye quarterbacks ever to play in the black and gold. They're going to be joining the show over the coming week. So lots of really fantastic interviews coming at you right here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Also, if you have been paying attention, you know that we've been kind of working with the Iowa United, you know, distributing some of these podcasts, some of these player interviews, and talking to Matt Crawford, the general manager of the Iowa United. But what we can use from you is some help. If you please go to thetournament.com and like and follow the Iowa United, that helps them get into the tournament. So we need your support. You need to go do that. And when I say we, I mean the Iowa United. I'm not technically affiliated with them. So make sure to go follow thetournament.com, follow Iowa United, and get them into the tournament by going and you know liking them on thetournament.com. 
Also, you can find us on Twitter at Locked on Iowa. You can follow us on Facebook at Locked on Hawkeyes. And you can follow me at Wade underscore Andrew. You can do all that and get all the recent updates of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And if you are downloading this from either iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you got it from, make sure to like and subscribe. That way you can get these episodes downloaded automatically to your phone every single morning that we are giving you a brand new podcast episode. That being said, though, we're going to jump into the interview with Marcus Pfizer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I am honored to be joined by former McDonald's All-American, Big 12 Player of the Year, and the 2000 NBA Draft's number four overall draft pick by the Chicago Bulls, Marcus Pfizer. Marcus, I truly am honored to have you on the show. Um, I grew up, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan, but loved you know all Iowa sports in general. I mean, coming from the state, you kind of root for everyone. And so to see you get drafted by the Chicago Bulls was pretty awesome, especially you know being a young kid, you know, six, seven, eight years old, and watching Michael Jordan play in the Bulls. Um, that was really cool to see someone from the state of Iowa go there. So, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, loving, loving this 93, 94 degree weather out here in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that as much as we can because in about a month or so, it's going to probably double that, you know, what it seems. But um, we're, we're out here loving living in this land and just, you know, raising the kids and trying to, you know, keep our head above water, I guess you would say. Absolutely. So, what brought you out to Las Vegas? I mean, that wasn't uh, doesn't seem like that's kind of a spot where you've lived previously. So, what brought you to Las Vegas? Well, I came out here before um, I retired. Uh, you know, we love the weather and everything, and it's going on six years now. And uh, my wife is from Chicago. She's planning on staying here forever. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, Vegas weather is fantastic. Like you said, though. The next couple months are going to be pretty hot, but outside of that, nine months of the year, it's pretty solid there. Correct. I love it, man. Well, hey, so, you know, joining, obviously, Iowa United, I think a lot of people are really excited to watch you play for the Iowa United, especially Cyclone fans all over the place. You know, what are you excited about with playing with the Iowa United? I'm just, just being able to, you know, be a part of anything Iowa. You know, Iowa is definitely home. I still have family, you know, there that I – frequently uh, come back and see and, you know, visit with and spend time with, uh, you know, my host family that I, I, you know, pretty much helped raise me in my last three years of college, uh, who live in Storage City, Iowa. And I, you know, got some extended family from them out in Jefferson City and, you know, just loving the farmland, loving, you know, everything that, you know, they taught me and loving, you know, just being a part of the family and, you know, like I said, anything Iowa that I can a part of y'all, you guys know I'm definitely going to try to have my hand in it. So we're going to see what these old bones do, see if they hold up. Absolutely, man. So that's, uh, I think that's a big question on a lot of people's minds. How, you know, what has the training been like for you? Um, obviously getting back in shape. Uh, Last year you were a coach, and how has the training been to get you back in shape for Iowa United? Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> it's definitely not like my my 21-year-old or my uh, 15-year-old. I mean, they can just definitely just rebound and and bounce back like it's nothing. They they stay up to two or three o'clock in the morning play Fortnite and when it's time for us to get up in the morning to to go train and stuff, they they're ready to go and I'm just thinking, man, I remember those days. But it's it's been it's been brutal. Uh, especially with you know, everything that's going on with my four year old with uh, her being sick the last couple of weeks is, that, that has really set me back because I had really that much time to I'll uh, get in as much as, as possible, but uh, she'll be coming home uh, tomorrow morning, and uh, hopefully I can get back into the 
swing of things with, with the Mississippi back home. Definitely. I mean, I definitely understand the, the family concerns, and um, that obviously comes first. So when you get back into the gym after that, kind of take me through kind of a general day of training for you. What is What does it look like, you know, obviously trying to get back in shape? Well, I, me and my wife just recently joined the, uh, the gym out here membership. It's a place called Orange Theory. I don't know if they have them. Yeah. In the Midwest. Yep. We, uh, my wife and I go to that too. Oh, that place is insane. <laughs> Man, I probably, I probably should have done that about 10, 15 years ago, but I don't know if they're around that long ago, but jeez, place is insane. <laughs> and, I mean, we, we get in there at least three times, four times a week. You know, it, it has really helped. Um, you know, get my legs moving and the muscles and stuff acclimated back to practice. And then, then I, uh, I'm a assistant coach on our my 15 year old son's uh, club team, the AU basketball team. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we have practice from uh, six to nine. So I get in and, and do some coaching with them. And then my 21 year old, who's um, a student athlete at uh, Fresno Pacific University, he's back home for the summer. So I put him through. Know, hard work out and get on the court with them and let them know that you know I'm still the king of the court. But <laughs> I definitely pay for pay for it at the end of the day. So we got the normal tech, we got the game ready machine, which is the ice compression machine, and you know we we fight about who's going to have it first, and I'm the one that paid paid for it. So <laughs> they get the second. The Norma Tech machine works wonders, man. I've I've used yeah, that before, no. and it is it is truly fantastic. And so the game ready is similar. Um, it doesn't have as much compression, but it has the ice therapy. So you put the ice in it and the water, and it's like a cold compression. So we got the best of both, and you know, we're fortunate enough to have that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's crazy. The older you get, the more you need to focus on the recovery aspect. Uh, Just as much do you do the training and the getting ready aspect, I feel like. I I feel like the switch begins happening as you get older. It's it's 50-50 recovery versus actually training, so. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, it it feels good, um, you know, to be able to attempt to do something like this again. I'm um, definitely, I I was going to, you know, look to do the big three this year. um, But, you know, with everything that happened with with the kids and everything the last couple of months and a half, the combine with the big three just passed, and I didn't have time to meet to meet that deadline. So got a little bit more time for the TBT, and you know, have a whole entire year to gear for the uh, big three next year. So hopefully, we'll see what happens. Man, you you, st- you took the words right out of one of my questions. I was actually going to ask you if you had any aspirations to play in the big three. I mean, I just saw that Royce White is now playing in it. I think it'd be yeah. a very good fit for you. So that'll be exciting to watch you play in that next year. And obviously, the the TBT will help you get kind of in that basketball shape, give you some, a little bit of a little bit more game, you know, game time experience before you jump back into, you know, professional basketball. Yeah. Cause it's been, it's been a good, uh, three and a half, four years since, you know, last time I played professionally. And, you know, I just wanted to, I, I initially, you know, got out, I, I could have maybe scratched and clawed to another two and a half, three years, but my, my oldest son, 
Um, I wanted to coach him his last few years in high school. So he graduated in 16, and um, so I just went ahead and retired and put forth the effort to help him be able to possibly follow in my footsteps. And, you know, now he's playing uh, collegiate basketball and doing well. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds... Just in, just in our very short time talking, obviously you're a big family man. Um, you obviously retired a couple of years ago. So what have you been up to now um, outside of coaching your son? What are some of the other business ventures you've been kind of working on? Well, me and my wife just, just bought a business. Um, name of it Slip Guardian, um, which is uh, a business that we bought from uh, Slip Doctors, which is a, a floor safety company, you know, to, to protect businesses, homes, against uh, slip and fire. Nearly ten billion dollar a year. If you want to call it a market, I don't like calling it the market because you don't want to think about people getting hurt and it's costing them ten billion dollars and and you know injuries and doctor bills and things like that. But um, you know, different businesses, hospitals, nursing homes, universities, um, YMCA, swimming pools, things like that. Anywhere that you have a slippery surface, anywhere we see someone put a uh, wet floor sign down, you know that that. That doesn't excuse the business from being liable. That, that's actually telling someone, you know, that they're particularly, uh, particularly negligent for having an issue and a problem. And then you have a lot of people that actually, you know, identify places like that to try to sue, business, sue businesses for, you know, being negligent and going to that area and looking to fall. So um, with our with our company, you know, we definitely protect, you know, any kind of foreign that you have. Um, it takes the liability or limits the liability that a company would have. You know, everything is documented, is uh, guaranteed, a two-year guarantee that the product will work, you know, the way that it's supposed to. And we keep up the maintenance and everything on it. And it's just uh, it's a great company. We, uh, I wanted to do something to, you know, help uh, create jobs, family members and stuff like that. I mean, you know, the NBA checks aren't going in anymore. We got a plan for the future. You know, we got me and my wife have four children that you know probably eat more than any any kids I ever seen before in my <laughs> life. So we got we got to think about the future, and uh, you know, just wanted to create businesses, a family business that we can all work and uh, you know make a great living with. Makes sense. And so, did you kind of vet out the the industry and the the business itself, or did you guys kind of just start this? Um, I mean, I guess how did you come into the business is really kind of what I'm curious well, about. Why well, I, I was. You know, just online, um, you know, speaking with my wife, uh, thinking about, you know, um, what, is, is there a franchise that we could possibly look to buy into or a business that we could possibly look to buy into? And I just Google, you know, um, you know, franchises or businesses available for purchase for, I think we initially were thinking about 50 grand. And this is one of the ones that came up. You know, I read more into it, and this, was, this has been over like a three-year thing, you know, uh, my wife is one of the hardest people in the world to convince about something, so anything that I'm planning on doing monetarily, you know, I got to make sure that all my P's and Q's are, are in line, so I did research on the company, the headquarters of, of the company is, is out of uh, Carrollton, Texas, you know, which is close home in uh, Louisiana, and I just constantly, constantly did research of the company, I uh, called in spoke with the uh, CEO of the company, and we've had a relationship for the last two and a half years. And you know, every two or three months, he called back to you know, see where we were in the process. And I told him that you know we were eventually going to uh, just you know just needed to do more research. 
compliance and you know protect everybody that needs to be protected. Uh, one of the first businesses that I'm looking to reach out to is hopefully Iowa State University. You know, so like the practice facilities, the concourses of the Hills Coliseum, uh, the bathrooms, you know, all that area, the swimming pool for the swim team. You know, it's, it's just a great product to have. It, it creates more traction when my product is applied to the floor. Um, when the floor is wet, then it definitely would be untreated when it's dry. So it's, it's, just, a, it's just a great business that we're looking to uh, you know, profit off of. That's exciting, man. And one of the other things I, I saw about, you know, kind of, you know, doing some research is that you were, or you are listed as a managing consultant at Aspire Sports Management. Are you still working on that as well? Um, a, l- a little bit, like here and there. And it's just, you know, helping, you know, guys looking to get into the pro ranks. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that not necessarily, you know, if they went to a smaller school or, or went through some things with some agents that, you know, probably wasn't a good fit. You know, just uh, being a, a management consultant to, just to help them with advice and, you know, possible teams is, is reaching out and looking for players. You know, I'm, I'm still contacted from a lot of the connections and people that I have made relationships with, you know, in Europe and around, you know, the uh, NBA G League and stuff like that, just looking for players. You know, I'm always getting contacted on LinkedIn or on Facebook or something like that for people that are looking for players. And, you know, if I can help someone – you know, start their career or help advance their career. That's uh, something I'm looking to do. That's really cool, man. And one of the things you mentioned a few a few minutes ago was that you know, obviously you're from Louisiana. Um, I believe you have some roots in Michigan as well. But how did how did Tim Floyd convince you to come all the way up to Iowa? I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big pretty big jump from Louisiana, especially temperature wise. Well, I am. That's the thing. So I initially I, I grew up and was raised in Detroit, or born and raised in Detroit. I found me in Louisiana and Detroit. And so once I got to high school and things were, you know, not not the best situation growing up in Detroit, definitely wanted to survive. So I had an older brother that lived in Louisiana, and I asked my mom for permission to, you know, move to Louisiana to be able to live with him. Um, basketball was going on right for me. It was my freshman year in high school. And so by transferring from Detroit to Louisiana, uh, Arcadia, Louisiana, uh, without my parents coming with me, I had to sit out my freshman year so I could play. I, I could only practice. And um, I was, you know, a small town. I had my driver's license at the age of 14, 15. So when my dad was at work, I had to take um, my mom or my guardian mom, uh, my, my guardian, guardian parents in Louisiana. I had to take her lunch to her job, and she was uh, a registered nurse at the uh, nursing home or the uh, the uh, retirement system. And so at the time, when I was taking her at lunch, uh, Beverly Floyd was there. Her mother was um, uh, a resident in the, in the nursing home. And so I took my mom the, uh, the lunch, and Beverly was, saw that at the time I was, I think, maybe 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. And, you know, she began speaking to me and everything, and she said, you know, that her husband was the of, of a university. Oh yeah, we started talking from it, and she just happened to have, and this is a true story. She just happened to have a, a, a media guy in the car, so she went and got the media guy. And me as a freshman, you know, I was looking at the media guy. And I remember Dedrick being in there, and Kelvin Cato, Sean Bankhead, Jason Holloway, all those guys, and I just started reading up on Iowa State. And so as a kid, 
you know, not knowing where basketball is going to take me, I ultimately fell in love with Iowa State. So that's where my heart was and desire and everything was. I just happened to become a basketball star. So just because, you know, I became a basketball star, but got me kind of All-American, wasn't going to change my views about, you know, going to a different school or anything like that. So Iowa State always had a leg up on, on any other university that was recruiting. So once the process came and junior senior year and recruiting started picking up, you know, Coach Floyd was still the coach there, and he ultimately had a uh, upper hand on that anyone else. And I had already made the decision that that's where I was going to go, and you know, the rest is history. That is a that is probably one of the most interesting. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of recruits of the Iowa Hawkeyes and stuff, and that is one of the more I would say the most interesting story I've heard so far about how you kind of became an Iowa State Cyclone. I think Cyclone Nation is obviously incredibly happy that that obviously worked out the way it did, that that, you know, she had a media guide in there and you, you know, kind of fell in love with the school. So that is a really cool story. As far as... Uh, that's a true story. There was, there was a lot, there were some things that were kind of, you know, feathers that were being ruffled about trying to see if that was a recruiting violation. And I told them, I said, listen, this is the honest, the God truth story. Like, it just happened by chance. Like, she wasn't recruiting me. I was a freshman in high school. Like, she knew I was a freshman, and she didn't know if she ever was going to see me for the next four years ever again. Yeah. You know, and I just had the media guide, and that's the school I chose to go to. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's so cool. And and you ultimately ended up playing for Tim Floyd for a year in Iowa State. And then you ended up playing with him in Chicago as well. What was that like playing with him in, you know, in college versus playing with him in the pros? And kind of what was that transition like for you going from college basketball to the NBA? Um, it probably was definitely better, you know, um, in college. You know, once you get to the pro ranks, this is so much different. You know, I, I tell people, like, in all honesty, the last time I really had fun playing basketball is when I was on college. Because you didn't, yeah, it was no pressure. It wasn't about money. It was just about, you know, your brothers and, you know, the grind and the blood, sweat, and tears that you were doing just to compete and have a respect and have a name in the college ranks. Um, but once we got to the pros, um, you know, things definitely changed. I, I never, never assumed or thought I was going to be drafted by the Bulls. You know, the, the consistency was I was easily going the third pick to the Orlando Magic. I mean, third pick to the Los Angeles Clippers or the fifth pick to the Orlando Magic. You know, I, I didn't even work out for the Chicago Bulls um, because, you know, they had just drafted and held the brand the year before. Yep. So I never assumed, I never assumed that that was going to be taking place, but ultimately it did. Worked out, worked out pretty well. At least getting a chance to play with, you know, having that familiarity with, you know, an old, you know, an old friend from Iowa State, obviously. And after after Chicago, you kind of you know spent some time overseas. What was your favorite place overseas to play at? Um, Tel Aviv, Israel. it out, Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, being raised as a as a Christian my entire life, to be in the Holy Land um, was was a, was amazing. You know. I think being over there, they they kind of was like dumbfounded by, you know, that was that was the highlight 
for me, but but for me that was, you know, being able to, you know, drive down the street and it's like you see a Des Moines, Iowa sign, you see a sign that says Nazareth or Bethlehem, you know, that, that's just a different feeling for me. I remember the first time that I saw the sign that said Nazareth, I literally had to pull over to the side of the road just to catch my bearing, you know, just hyperventilate, I'm like, this is real life, you know, that I'm here, you know, and all my days off, that's what I would do. I would, I would go to you know, different places and just sightsee and walk around Jerusalem. And it's probably was all kind of different stuff that was going on around me that I wasn't aware of and not paying attention to. But, you know, I'm thankful that I was protected, you know, from it and, you know, was able to experience that at the time. And, um, you know, I, to this day, I, I look forward to even taking my family uh, back there one day. That's really cool. I think, you know, personally, being from obviously the States and whatnot, you like you're right. There's not a lot of history in the United States, especially when you go overseas and you start seeing places that you've read about in books or you've seen heard right. stories about or you've heard historical things in the you know the early you know 10th century that kind of stuff. So I think I can only imagine the the coolness and the surrealness about that experience seeing those biblical places and you're right there. Right, absolutely, and that you know surreal. You know the, the dynamic of it all is. It's, it's so surreal to even, you know, try to put into words. And, you know, to be able, able to go over there and play a high-level uh, basketball um, for a team like Maccabi Tel Aviv, you know, the Nokia Arena is where we played in. It was bigger than the United Center. You know, so, you know, it's, it's big-time basketball there and, you know, to make a great living and, you know, to be able to see different things is, was, was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And as far as, you know, you talked about the Nokia Center there, you know, bigger than United Center, which is um, crazy to me. What was your favorite arena to play in? And I am I think I'm teeing this up for you, but you definitely give me an whatever the right answer is for you. Um, what You know, was it Hilton? Was it the United Center? Was it the Nokia Center? What was your favorite kind of experience, fan experience and kind of crowd energy? Uh, there's no question. The, the, the biggest fan experience is always and always forever the favorite one, the old Cup. <laughs> no question about that. You know, um, I, that that's a, that's a feeling and and an atmosphere you would chase for you know the rest of your entire life. You know, because you know being in the middle of Iowa, there's no pro sports like that around there. So you know, whether it's at Iowa State or University of Iowa, even Drake for that matter, matter or or Northern Iowa, um, you know the fan base is always amazing. They're always going to come out and support you for what you said and there's, there's nothing like that I I remember the year my last year when we beat Iowa like I, I've told the story before like to actually hear uh, I don't know sound barrier broken it, it, it was almost something like that where it was so loud that it was deafening, and I could just feel it you know just reverberating in my in, on my on my skull and my ears and everything went silent and then all of sudden everything just rushed back up and I just see the I, I could see the fans and the crowds moving but nothing was being said nothing was being heard then all of a sudden within two or three seconds everything just rushed back up and it actually scared me because it stopped me in the middle of my celebration because I'm like whoa what is going on have I gone deaf or what's going on but it happened so fast and like I mean to this day I still get chills from thinking about that moment and you know and for someone to experience that it's ridiculous to even see them in 
That's absolutely incredible. I mean, I went to Drake, so I've, I've experienced Nap Center, went to a lot of games at the University of Iowa. I've never had the opportunity to experience you know, Hilton Coliseum, but it is absolutely on my bucket list. As far as, um, as, far as the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry, you know, the, obviously in the era of social media, I feel like it's getting a little bit chippier, it feels like. But what was it like back when you were playing, um, you know, almost, uh, you know, 20 years ago? What was that rivalry like in terms of basketball-wise? Um, yeah, I mean, it was – I don't think it was as chippy as it is now because you have social media and, and news and everything travels so fast. But, you know, for us, it was – I mean, it, it was huge. It was – I remember playing at Iowa – Know, in, in the pink locker room, and before before we went into the locker room, Coach Stacy had you know had them put a uh, newspaper over over all of the the pink walls and stuff like that. So it, it was it was you know they were trying to gain the advantage, and we were trying to you know even the playing field you know back to our side and, and things like that. It's it, it's the one game that or it's the one rival or the one teams that played against each other that. Everyone from their respective colleges, you know, gear for. And you know, once once you graduate or you're done playing there, your time there is done. You know, we always root for each other. Um, here, um, during the basketball season, when Drake University won uh, the tournament that was out here in Vegas, you know, I, I sat with my boys and watched all of the games that was going on here. And you know, to be able to be there and cheer for them. And I, my 15 year old uh, Marcus Fighter Junior, he was. Said to me, why are you going for Drake? And I said, they're, they're from Des Moines. He's like, oh, he's like, uh, did you ever play them? I said, yeah, I, was, I, I won one and lost two against them. So I'm not too happy about that part. But, uh, <laughs> you know, once, once you're done, and, and you can always, you know, cheer for, you know, an, an Iowa native team, you you got you to gotta do that. I think that's really, you phrased that so, you know, so well. I, I, I like the fact that you talked about such a big rivalry while you're playing, but as soon as you're done, you know, let's root for the entire state. Let's go all the teams. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I root for, you know, Iowa and Drake, but, and when we're playing, you know, Iowa State, I obviously root against Iowa State, but everything else, let's go Iowa State. Let's, 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 you know, represent the state of Iowa well. And so I think that's what I love the most about this Iowa United team is that it's bringing together all the schools. Um, so from that perspective, though, have you done any, I mean, have you had a chance to watch a lot of those guys play? And if so, who are you looking, you know, most forward to playing with from the Iowa United? And I, I think I'm going to take away Tyrus McGee from that that option, uh-huh. the answer options, just because you've coached him last year on the I or on the Hilton Magic Legend. So out of all the other guys, who are you most excited to play with? Probably, probably Peter Jock. Um, I, you know, I love this game, uh, except when he played against Iowa State. <laughs> uh, um, you know, um, I. I, I really definitely thought you know he was he was going to be a spring pro and he and he's still young so he definitely has the time to you know move forward with it so um, I love his tough, toughness you know he, he was the one player on the team that you know I, I feared every time we played him but uh, he's probably definitely the, the main one that I'm looking forward to beating and uh, being able to be on the court with and you know watch him and match him in person. Yeah, man. I mean, I, he's he's a great shooter. He's crushing it in the G League right now. He was shooting over forty percent from the three point line, which is uh, that's big time. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. So I'm I'm excited to watch you guys play with him as well. As far as you know, you're bringing sort of a veteran presence to that team, and there's a couple of young, you know, forwards. You have Nick McGlynn. You got you know Tybee. You have Nicholas Bayer. So what are, what are you kind of 
envisioning as far as your role on that team, you know, as a, a veteran leader, are you looking forward to kind of coaching some of those guys up and giving them some of those pointers that uh, you've learned from your professional absolutely. experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. They got to understand that the 40 year old Marcus Fires is coming, not the, not the 21, 22 year old. So um, just being able to, you know, to watch the guys have success, you know, being able to watch the guys enjoy themselves, that, that's ultimately what's our, you know, initial goal for Hill Magic and Legends to, you know, to be able to come in and, know, help those guys progress on and help them in their professional careers because, you know, even if it's not the NBA, like, people think, you know, the only way you can make a supreme living is in the NBA, and that's, that's not the truth, you know. I mean, full disclaimer, my last couple of years even playing, the, the, probably the least amount of money I've ever made was fifty to $60,000 a month, you know, over an eight or nine month season. Come on now, you want to tell me that's not good money? Yeah, that, that's you know, that's on. pretty darn good money, that, man. That, that, exactly, exactly. So, you know, to be able to, you know, give these guys some pointers, you know, some guys end up in, in Israel. It may not be on Maccabi Tel Aviv where you can make millions of dollars plus a year like I would. It may be on the smaller ball club that you could be making eight to $9,000 a year, ten thousand. I mean, eight to, eight to $10,000 a month or a little bit more. And while you're working, working your way up, you're working your way up. Even eight to ten thousand dollars a month is the great living. Yeah. When you're, you know, doing something that you absolutely love to do, you don't have to pay for your living. You don't have to pay for your car. You know, in some of those places, if you spend five hundred dollars a month, you know, on living, food, and stuff like that, that's you know, absolutely spending. So you're gone eight to nine, ten months out of the year. You come back home for the time in the summer to be able to, you know, see family and train and build for the next year. Then you look forward to doing it again to, you know, possibly advance on. Uh, to mention someone like Tyrus. You know, Tyrus is doing great. He started on some of the lower ball clubs before. Now he's moving up and he's winning championships. And I guarantee you see him on one of the, you know, bigger, higher level league teams real soon. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that you get to travel the world. Like you talked about with yeah. your experience in Israel. You got to see some things that no one I mean hardly anyone in America has ever been able to see so just overall just a really cool experience and like you said you're doing something you love and you're making pretty good money doing it so um, that, I love it yeah I mean a lot of those guys are currently overseas and I know talking to uh, Nick McGlynn his plan is to play overseas and so is Nicholas Bayer so I'm sure you have a lot of words of wisdom for them so I have one final question for you Marcus I know I didn't want to keep you too long so I really appreciate your time but my final question for you is what does success look like with the Iowa United and with, you know, you playing with the Iowa United? Kind of what would be, if you were able to, to finish the summer and say, man, I had a blast, that was successful, what does that look like for you? Um, just, just to be able to advance, ultimately we, we definitely would love to win it all. Everyone wants to win it all. Um, you know, but being able to get in with the guys, you know, get some, some running in, uh, win some games, um, you know, see what you know, pick their brains, see what they're thinking. You know, see if there's any kind of ups and downs that they're currently going through. Uh, some guys may be looking to become pro or you know break into uh, the pro rankings. Maybe not have the right representation, or you know didn't know how you know to go to this place or that place, or maybe looking for some connections out here in Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas is pretty much the unofficial new mecca of basketball. You know, during during the summertime. It's, you know, from the NBA all the way out to uh, European leagues are going on out here where people are recruiting and looking to, you know, sign players. So, 
if I'm able to, you know, give them some advice, you know, some pointers, especially, you know, some of the uh, post players is looking, you know, for different ideas and stuff like that, any way that I can absolutely help. That's, that's, that's why initially, you know, I wanted to get in with the coaching. But the way things are set up this time is, you know, we're going to be able to get in a little bit earlier, you know, get some practicing in and, you know, be a little bit more organized than we've been for the last couple of years. Uh, not to take anything away from the guys that put everything together with the Hillman's and Legends. Uh, we had a blast, you know, but uh, be able to possibly get get back out there this year to get these old old bones moving and, you know, uh, gear up for, you know, next summer of doing this again or possibly the big three, you know, is, is ultimately a success. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I love man. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to watch you guys play. I'm going to try to make it out to a few games. So I'm excited to watch you all play. I think you have a very talented team together, some good post players, some great three-point shooters. So I'm excited to watch that. Any last parting words of wisdom or anything else you would like to say on the podcast for today? Uh, no, just, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to, you know, the excitement, having a lot of fun. I'm going to do a whole lot of friends if this body keeps up and, uh, <laughs> Uh, go Cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's a pretty good closing. Well, thank you, Marcus, for joining the show today. I absolutely appreciate it, and I, I hope your daughter gets okay. better. I'll be keeping you in my thoughts and prayers, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yep, talk to you later, Marcus. Thank you. All right, and that concludes our interview with Marcus Pfizer. Again, a big shout-out to him. I know he's going through some some personal family stuff, and I really appreciate him taking the time to hop on the show with us and talk to us about what it means to be playing for the Iowa United, what you know, kind of his training has looked like as he gets back into shape to play for the Iowa United, and also talking about some of his career highlights. You, know, you can tell he's very passionate about the Iowa State Cyclones and also just passionate about the state of Iowa in general, which I think is really cool to have guys like that to be playing on the Iowa United. I'm really excited to see kind of the presence he brings for that team. So fantastic stuff today. Obviously, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, make sure to like and subscribe wherever you download this podcast at. And if you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Iowa, you can get all the recent updates about when we're going to be airing certain episodes, what's going to be playing on those episodes, what interviews are coming up, all the news you need to know to make sure you are finding the right episodes for your listening play. Pleasure. Also, make sure to go follow the Iowa United on Twitter as well. I believe it's under Iowa TBT. That's how you're going to get all the updates as to any player development. as And also, they do the player previews every single week. So make sure to follow that. You get lots of great information about the players that are going to be playing on the Iowa United. So again, thank you for tuning in on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Obviously, today we're going to be calling it the Locked on Iowa podcast. But again, thank you for tuning in on this podcast. Absolutely appreciate all of your love and support. I hope you have a great day, Hawkeye, Cyclone, Bulldog, and Panther Nation. And uh, just have to do this for y'all, but go Hawks! Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. 
Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.